We call it a, a business development and data organizer because we're not a CRM. What we're doing is we're adding a, a tool that has some management features, you know, contact management features, but we enhance it, for example, with IP data. No? So we're enhancing it with trademark data, we're enhancing with patent data. Uh, why? So that you can, for example, look into your clients, sort them by active filings in your region. That's our guest on today's show, Alexander Messerer. Alexander is the co-founder and CEO of Lead IP. This episode forms part of our special series, Live at Inter, where we took the podcast on the road to the Inter annual meeting in Singapore. We set up our podcast studio at the Bill Trader Expo booth, and guests were interviewed by our head of marketing and podcast producer, Wendy Robertson. Welcome to Talking IP, a podcast for IP professionals featuring conversations that take you inside the professional lives and careers of global IP leaders and entrepreneurs. I hope you enjoy the show. Alexander Messerer, welcome to Talking IP. Thank you, Wendy. Talk to me about Lead IP. You're here at your first inter. Uh, what are you here to promote? What do you want to share with the audience? Many things, actually. But, uh, I mean, to keep it short, uh, Lead IP, essentially, as the name suggests, is here to, to help law firms grow. Uh, not only law firms, we also work with IP service providers. So we're actually friends with everyone here, thank God. No, I mean, how we do it, at the end, there's many different ways to help a law firm grow you know so we started off with digital marketing services very straightforward as you would imagine from other digital marketing agencies looking into google campaigns linkedin campaigns seo all of the the typical digital marketing services but with the touch of ip which was the interesting interesting thing because um, we brought the ip expertise in for example deciding what a lead is so what a potential client looks like so you don't have to teach us essentially how or yeah what a client is to you what ip is to you how how you want to capture a client. We understand the industry, so that's essentially how we started. So that's what we were here to show first. Now, actually, we've been also working together with um, partners from us and advisors for the last year to actually put all of this knowledge into software tool that we're presenting here officially through the meetings that we've um, been having in the last three, four days. And the idea is, uh, what we did is we combined the expertise of digital marketing experts, sales experts, IP uh, professionals, from business development professionals from IP, we put it all into a tool. Yeah, and this tool is supposed to, and will, yes, ease all sort of business development efforts for an, an IP lawyer that is, I mean, I am an IP attorney myself and was never taught how to use a sales tool. You know, So this is what we're trying to do. A tool that is very straightforward uh, to use, yeah, but has amazing, amazing qualities and amazing support for the day-to-day -day of the IP attorney. It's really interesting. As a marketer myself, I think uh, in professional services, you have people that are subject matter experts, but then the expectation around marketing and business development isn't something that is, is necessarily taught. So is it sort of a CRM with a whole range of other sort of functionality? Exactly. So um, i give an example. So um, at a firm that we used to work with, um, they were using Salesforce, yeah, and and they were paying for 100% of the of the product, I'm not, but they were only using 4% of the actual, you know, product or the features that they they enable. So, it's not that they they needed more. That's the thing. So we thought, okay, so let's let's create something that has the features that are needed, you know, so adapted actually to the day to day, you know, adapted to INTA, for example, to to what lawyers are doing in a day to day basis. And what they're willing to do, yeah. And but also the, the the interesting thing is that we're combining it with features or f with data that is not present in any other sort of CRM. It's not a CRM per se, yeah. So we call it a, 
a business development and data organizer because we're not a CRM. What we're doing is we're adding a, a tool that has some management features, you know, contact management features, but we enhance it, for example, with IP data. No? So we're enhancing it with trademark data, we're enhancing with patent data. Uh, why? So that you can, for example, look into your clients, sort them by active filings in your region. No? You can look into prospects that you meet at INTA, that's where you're, you're sharing business cards with, essentially. You set them into your system and it will tell you which ones are the, you should be prioritizing from top to bottom. So this is why we're bringing in you know, this IP perspective into business development and we're keeping it simple in a way so that we understand that you know, the onboarding for someone that has never been taught how to use these tools is also very easy to do. That sounds really interesting. We should, uh, you should, we should catch up and find out more. I find that, yeah, because I think the thing is, a lot of the sort of off-the-shelf CRMs are just built for any sort of industry. But exactly. there are, to, yeah. but, but to customize those tools are really, it's, it's, it's often ridiculously expensive. So um, no, that's fascinating because I think uh, I think that's a, a real growth area because. Uh, I think even when you're at yeah when you're at a sort of a physical event like this, how do you leverage this event? So you're meeting all these people. How do you capture that data and then be able to follow up? And not only that, imagine I mean you come here. I mean it's your first first inter, my first inter. Now we meet again in ten years. So how many how many people have I met here? You know, with uh, shared a business card with that maybe in ten years you don't remember. Obviously, if you see them again, you won't remember what you talked about. No. So what we're doing there is, you know, it's keeping information, storing information is super important. You know, you have different partners talking to different people in different regions, different events, you know, all over the world. And you should know this as an organization. You should know who has met whom, who is writing emails with whom. And just so there is also a common place, you know, you meet someone new, but then you realize that they have met your team. So that's already something to talk about, you know. So this is what we're changing, essentially. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. Have you talked to the guys from IP Pilot? So, actually, we're talking to them tomorrow. Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, we. They have got some very got some awesome, da awesome data. Yeah, we, exactly. we, we use their we use their data a lot. Yes, yes. Uh, it's um yeah it's it's fascinating to I use the the patent filing and trademark filing data um, from a I, from a diagnostic perspective, but then we can see all of the partners they're trading with, and we can watch that against our data and we can quickly see you know who we're doing business with so yeah that's it's super important i mean for them the information that they're serving is super valuable for the clients yeah yeah it's really valuable so we've been using that for a while now but uh, and once now that they've added the trademark data in it's just it's gold yeah so do you have a client success sort of story that you can share so let me think so as i mentioned i mean we have two sides of lead ip you know the first one being the digital marketing agency that we've been doing for i think two years and a bit now and then the second part is the tool that we just launched so obviously the success story goes more into the the agency side and here actually one of the success stories that we've had is um, an ip firm uh, that we've been working with um, so usually we work a bit more undercover so we work helping helping with marketing outsourced marketing initiatives so we've been helping an ip firm for I think a, a year now, yeah, in digital marketing initiatives, and uh, through data, yeah, that we were using IP data, basically sending emails, uh, trying to get meetings with with prospects uh, all over the world. The interesting thing is uh, through the email, uh, th sorry, through the trademark data that we were using, yeah, we managed to to get um, direct revenue of like five-digit direct re revenue in the first couple of months, which then resulted in an associated revenue, meaning directed from the first uh, case that was sent to them, they started sending more and more cases of over six digits. And that was in 12 months. So, and that's with an investment that was, I think, uh, 25,000 euros. So, I mean, for us, it's, you know, it's one story, 
of course, you know, every every situation is different, every client is different, every prospect is different, but we thought that that actually made us know that we were on the right track, you know? So we said, okay, you know, yeah, I know marketing for law firms always sounds like something that was, it's, it's a difficult subject because in many regions, it's, you know, law firms are, are tend to be, or tend to be more conservative about these things and, and lawyers are, which is okay. But, you know, when these things actually work out, you realize, you know, there's actually a, a market for this. People actually care about the fact that a law firm is doing good marketing. It's a, it's a common issue in uh, professional services. People don't want to be, it's like, oh, no, we don't do business development. We don't do marketing. They sort of, it's, it's sort of seen as being too salesy. But at the end of the day, you've got to be, you're running a business and you've got revenue to revenue target. So it's also the, the tonality no, of the things, uh, the tonality of how you do the marketing. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, I always say this example. Uh, I remember driving down um, a highway in the U.S. In, in Florida, you could see signs saying "Sue your your boss today." So I, I, I used to f laugh about it because I used to compare that with what we're doing. You know, very subtle. You know, it's like, would you mind getting an appointment or setting up a meeting? So that's the, it is both is marketing, no? But but the question is, you know, where where do you want to land in the tonality? Depending on the country, depending on on yeah, the, how conservative the. Also, the, the prospect is, obviously, uh, you have to adapt. And, and that's what we're here to find out as well. We always like to ask people how they got their start in IP. So tell me about how you got started and uh, any career highlights so far. So I'm, I'm, as you can see, I'm, I'm also rather young. You know? So my career is, is not long. But, but uh, okay, so I started off uh, IP through honestly since I was very small because I'm, I have I come from an IP family so actually my grandfather uh, was already a partner in an IP firm uh, my father as well I as one of four actually I'm the only one that went into into law uh, which is great also um, and from there I think IP was just uh, it was never I was never pushed into it but I, I think I just I was rather just just fell into it and I started working at a, a yeah, at a family firm for a couple of years, but then quickly realized that I was I was interested in the industry, but not uh, as much in the in the actual legal work. And I and I started enjoying the technology side of it a lot. So this is why we started off with with Lead IP essentially. So as answering your question, um, I fell into I guess the laps of of, of IP uh, just uh, through family. Yeah. No, it's a it's a common story. I think Justin's a bit a bit like you. He sort of you know the the, the practicing of law was not necessarily his thing, but he he's got you've got that sort of entrepreneurial sort of brain. You can see you know things and opportunity, but it's all connected to to IP. And also, I think in order to be able to uh, to you know to offer something to to lawyers, uh, I think it helps a lot to understand them uh, or to be one, honestly. So. I think that that's always something interesting. Yeah, if you, I mean, you, yeah, you it, it, because it is so because it's such a unique sort of industry, and it is very much a little community. It'd be very difficult for an outsider to come in and build a service for the IP industry. So most of the entrepreneurs are people like yeah, are people like yourself, people like Justin, where they kind of okay, I'm in here, and I can see an inefficiency or I can see a gap, and yeah. It's, I was uh, talking to to someone yesterday, and they they were telling me that. Lawyer entrepreneurs, it's, it's an antonym, they were saying, because they <laughs> I was laughing about it. But, uh, you know, of course, uh, lawyers tend to be risk averse. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's in their genes, I guess, you know, when they work for clients, it's, it makes sense. But I think there's, there's, you know, 
lawyers and lawyers, you know, and but I think, you see that. Yeah, I think in IP you've got this, uh, there's this technology and innovation because you're, you know, representing the innovators of the world, you know, so there is, you know, there's a lot of engineers stroke lawyers or scientists stroke lawyers that have come into IP that not traditional, like they've obviously got a sort of legal background, but in IP it's all about the sort of bleeding edge of innovation. So you've got a really interesting mindset um, as opposed to the traditional legal industry. Based on your experience so far, how do you stay ahead of the? How do you stay ahead of the curve from a thought leadership perspective? So what what's important for you? Because uh, from a thought leadership perspective, it's a good question, uh, honestly. And for me, it's I mean, as you as you mentioned, I'm, I'm uh, you know rather young uh, to 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 say what in my opinion is a, is what a great leader should should be. But I, I you know I, there's still you know leaders that you see every day and that where you basically aspire to to be like them. So in my opinion, the thought leadership, you know, it's just it's just a matter of staying hungry to learn. And I, if I really enjoy when people actually stay in that trend, you know, just trying to learn more every day. Um, and uh, of course, nothing is, you know, perfect from day one, but just keeping keeping the flow, keeping on working. And that's what I, what I, if I see that, and if I see, you know, hard work, but also enjoying what people are doing, you know, being nice, being kind, smiling, uh, th those are things that, that I appreciate a lot. And uh, also, I mean, you walk around here meeting people, great people, you know, just, just the fact that they, they, you know, there's mutual respect. That's, that's what I, what I tend to like. That's been my experience as well. I think there's, there's obviously some very, like, the, the, you know, super smart, like the intellect and the, you know, the expertise is at top level. But there's this, as you said, there's this kindness and there's this real community. Like it's, it's like everyone is, everyone is a friend. And it's, it's like, I feel this, yeah, I feel it's a real community, really close community, the IP industry. So it's very unique in that way. Okay, so we're going to talk about sort of a bit of an industry perspective. So, I mean, you're very passionate about technology. We at Build Trade are very pa passionate about technology. What, in your perspective, what's the role? What do you see the role of technology, especially with a future view in the role, in the area of trademark protection? Where do you see technology going? You know, technology plays a role in every single thing that we do. Obviously, you know, so um, it, it will, of course, play an important role. And you see it alone. I mean, by walking around here through the stalls, you know, booths, you see, technology plays a role in every single uh, service that is offered. You know, uh, our service as well. Um, so I think that uh, it's impossible to, to, or it wouldn't be right to say that technology will, will never play a role in the things that we're doing, you know? So uh, especially in trademark protection, um, you see it playing a, pos a positive role, you see it playing also sometimes also a negative role. But that's the way technology works. It's, it's you know, it's a, a Pandora's box, I guess, uh, you, you, but you have to be able to manage it. Um, you see new trends coming up. Uh, now everybody's talking about AI. Yeah, obviously, there's a lot of implications that, are, that come with IP as well. And this is one of the big topics. And this is technology, this is something new, but it's something that, that we do not know how to control yet, but hopefully this will come. You know? So I think that depending on, on, on what we do with it, technology can play a very, very important role in trademark protection, as well as just the fact that it's enabling the wide reach of, of what we're doing. I mean, with this podcast alone, you're, you're reaching the whole world, which if you look at it maybe like 30 years ago, would have been impossible to do. Someone protecting a, a, a trademark uh, 30 years ago would have had maybe one 
one country in mind, one, one region in mind, you know, because they were doing advertisement through television, maybe not 30 years, but 40, 50 years ago. So it's like television, uh, you know, advertising used to be very local. You know, you would have never imagined to reach the whole world. Today, you know, it's as, it's as accessible as you as, as it possibly can get to do advertisement. And you can reach the whole world. With this podcast, you can reach anyone and everywhere. So this is what I mean, you know, trademark protection is not is not gonna is not gonna be you know saved from technology in a way it's it's gonna be affected uh, we were talking to to some great guys yesterday as well uh, from red coin here around the corner and they were using also technology in a way also for trademarks that they said you know there's so many trademark applications that what, what why are we not essentially recycling them why are we not reselling the ones that we're not using you know so they, they build a marketplace for buying and selling trademarks. So in that for me is a great example of, of the things that we will be doing with the technology that we have and see where it will bring us. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, the, the discussions around artificial AI, because there's it's a real double-edged sword. And there's, you know, with that, there's a lot a whole lot of questions around ethics and, you know, like who, who sort of, who's in control ultimately. It's, yeah, it's a really interesting time. So uh, Lead IP recently became a client of Build Trader, which is very lovely. So um, we're very, very excited to have you on board. What, what sort of prompted you to, to seek out Build Trader as a solution for your business? I think like anyone here, um, you know, being paid on time is something very important, especially, I mean, for us, as, as you already uh, mentioned before, we, I mean, we, we are a startup. No? So for us, um, having... having um, the money today is a lot. It's it's worth a lot more than having it, you know, in 90 days or, or 120 days, as the industry tends to tends to just uh, pay. And also, if you consider the fact that we're launching, uh, well, officially the software solution, uh, where we will be having, being sending invoices essentially every single month, and we will have many, many, many clients all over the world, hopefully. For us, you know, only the fact that we have to manage these invoices already—it's—it's it's, it's already giving us a headache. So having Build Trader there, you know, being able to pass the, the invoices over to to you and and just taking care of what actually matters, which is the customer, customer support and building a great product—that uh, for us is is amazing. And also, obviously, with you know, for example Wolfgang, you know, also basically telling us every day you have to use Build Trader, you have to use Build Trader. You know, the most important thing for us today is that we can, you know, keep on, keep on until tomorrow. It, we're, we're, we're buying time, and when, you, when you're not uh, paid on time, which is normal, it's, that we're, it's, it's, nor, it's the, the, the way things work here, and you have a tool that can help you adapt to it very easily, then... Yeah, look, I think for a startup, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's so critical to, you know, when you're sort of funding sort of cash flow. And it's also non-core business to kind of go, we're, we're building platforms and solutions for clients. We don't want to be dealing with accounts payable and receivable and, you know, the complexity that goes with that. So, yes, we're delighted to have you on board. And, yes, we've all taken instruction from Wolfgang to, to get it happening. Well, that's it for our special episode of Talking IP live at Inter. And thanks to our guest, Alexander Messerer. Thank you for joining us. And please reach out to connect with me on LinkedIn, where we'll share our updates on the release of each episode. Talking IP is brought to you by Bill Trader, a fintech solution for IP firms designed to solve the cost and efficiency challenges of making and receiving payments to and from your foreign agents. To learn more, visit BillTrader.com.